This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Crawshaw joining me today. Chase, how are you feeling on this lovely Wednesday afternoon? Doing pretty good overall, you know. Uh, NHL playoffs are right around the corner here. Uh, just kind of hanging out, looking, looking forward to that. You know, how you doing? I am absolutely geeked and I have to say... Um, uh, well, let me let me let me do this. Let me introduce the show first. What's happening on today's show, and then we can talk about what I was about to get get myself into. But on today's show, we're going to be looking at a couple of things. Tampa, they signed a new player. Uh, we got some injury updates for Tampa as well. Um, going to be taking a look at all sixteen teams that made the playoffs. We have all sixteen teams officialized or, or they're officially in. Unfortunately, we don't have the exact matchups yet due to one specific division kind of messing everything up. Uh, also going to be talking about Jack Eichel, see what's happening on that side of the uh, side of the state or side of the uh, country with Jack Eichel and Buffalo. And then we're also going to be doing some season awards, some predictions for that. Um, so before that, though, Chase, I wanted to talk about fantasy. And you and I are huge, huge, huge fantasy football players. However, fantasy hockey really hasn't been it for us. So we played fantasy hockey many a times. And for some reason, it's just not the same. We just can't get into it. I don't know if it's the daily lineups, which it sure as hell could be the daily lineups. I'm not a huge fan of having to set my lineup every single day, uh, keeping track of injuries and everything on a daily basis. Um, but I did want to talk about that because we were talking about fantasy football before coming onto the show and fantasy hockey that just doesn't get talked about at all in our friend group. So, uh, what is it for you that, you're just not a big fantasy hockey guy. See, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've always kind of thought of it as maybe as, you know, I'm trying to build a like a career working on, you know, the like, actual, you know, team side of, of hockey and sports. So to like do like a fantasy hockey league just doesn't, I don't know. It, it feels like why would I want to fantasize about something I'm actually try, trying to achieve? It's kind of how I've always felt with fantasy hockey football. Not so much because it's not been, you know, like the number one passion I've had in my life. 
So that's kind of always been part of the reason. And yeah, you know, with fantasy football, I have, especially during the season, you know, I have this kind of set routine, you know, uh, Thursday mornings, I, I'm always making sure to like set my lineup. And then, uh, you know, on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I'm always making sure to check the waiver wire, for example. Um, and, you know, I've kind of got this like routine set up where for hockey, you know, it, it is every day and you got to make sure the lineup's got to make sure players are healthy. Uh, it's a lot more add, adding and dropping players than it is in fantasy football because there's random people that are going at different times, you know, and it's just I don't know. It's just not really as fun for me at all. And make sure you don't forget when it comes to fantasy football, you got that Sunday morning stinker tinker when you are on the can at, yeah. I don't know, 11 a.m., making your last-minute lineup changes for the for the big week. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. So I, I think that's going to be our next poll. We're going to put that out uh, tomorrow, Thursday, um, and let us know. Are you into fantasy hockey? Are you not into fantasy hockey? Uh, I'd really like to know because there's something about it. And I, I think it really is the daily lineups for me specifically. Uh, I don't do fantasy baseball. I've done it before. Don't do it anymore. Uh, I've done fantasy basketball. Don't do it anymore. So I, I think it is the daily aspect of it that just kind of grinds me down, wears me down because just having to check on something every single day it's pretty annoying, uh, especially when you got life happening. But I, as I say that, I check fantasy football every single day. So yeah, uh, I, I don't really know what that says about me. But I'd be very interested to know, uh, do you partake in fantasy hockey? We'll have a poll up for you uh, at Bolts Broadcast on Twitter. I'd really like to know. But Chase, let's hop into some Tampa news here. Um, Tampa, they go out and sign an entry-level deal. With is it Simone or Simon Ryforce? I'm gonna be honest. I I don't really like. I don't really know how to pronounce this guy's name. I don't. I didn't even know too much about him. I tried looking into him a little more today. Um, but I read somewhere on Twitter that the team is gonna really struggle pronouncing his name. So apparently, it, it oh is boy. just not what we even expect. So if I had to guess, it's something we didn't expect. I'm gonna go with like Simone Rayforce or something, something along the lines of that. Uh, regardless, I, I I gotta double check get that pronunciation. Um, I'll try to remember that for next episode, but. Regardless, yeah, Simon Simone, he, he he's a Swedish forward. He's a young guy. He's 23 years old. Signed for next season, uh, you know, a one-year two-way contract. Uh, he, he had a kind of breakout year in Sweden this year. Plays in Rogel, 45 points through 51 games with 25 goals, coming off of an 18-point season last season through uh, 52 games. So, he you know, he had a pretty good jump in, in kind of a breakout year. And at about that age in, in the Swedish league, you know, that's a, that's a pretty telling jump. It means he got the talent level and was never just kind of really coming to fruition at first. So this could be a pretty good signing. He's odds are you know going to be someone who's maybe between Syracuse and Tampa, and you know maybe getting those bottom six role minutes. Maybe can play his way into a bigger spot in the lineup. But yeah, it's not a bad signing at all. And this kid went undrafted, so it'll be interesting to see him come on over and hopefully make an impact with Syracuse. And even if he does make a big enough impact, maybe even make his way to the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. Uh, that's definitely something that's just super exciting to think about. When you when you have an unknown player out there, but your team signs them because obviously they do a great job with the scouting department, you got to be excited about that. You don't know much about them, but I guarantee that uh, a couple of us, whether you're listening or, or Chase and I, 
we're going to be looking up some of this guy's highlights because we want to see what he can do out there on the ice. Chase said he didn't really know much about him, and, and Chase is the primary scout on the show. Um, so I, I definitely don't know anything about him, but definitely exciting to look into the unknown when it comes to sports. So this, this is a really cool signing, but Chase, we're going to move on to some injuries now, and it's, it's not great. Because Barclay Gaudreau, a guy we paid a first-round pick for last year, he helped us in the Stanley Cup run, and a player that's been really solid for us, he's out indefinitely. Yeah, this sucks. Uh, I don't know exactly the injury was. I saw it was just labeled as injury, so you know it, it's not ideal. Odds are he won't be you know touching the ice in the playoff run. Maybe if we go deep, he sees it down the line. But if you're out indefinitely at the end of the season, odds are you're not playing. So. That sucks, and it, it really sucks, too, because it just kind of combines with Kucherov and Samko still being out, and then Hedman and McDonough both day-to-day as well, and if I'm not mistaken, I want to say, uh, yeah, Andre Pallad is day-to-day as well, too, so it, it's just the injury bugs hitting Tampa at the wrong time, so hopefully, you know, with, with these few days off coming up for playoffs, they can get rested, get healthy, and everybody except for Marco Guido, obviously, is ready to go. Yeah, and, and we do have some time, which is... Awesome. And Chase, I guess before we hop into uh, some other stuff with Tampa, I do want to talk about the playoffs overall and how this year the NHL playoffs are starting while the regular season still going on. Yeah, it's it's very funky. <laughs> um, so Vancouver, obviously they missed like a month of playing time because uh, their whole team had COVID. So they've been trying to squeeze in the games. Obviously, they're not able to get them all in time. So they got to extend the season, but they I don't want to, you know, just keep maybe pushing out the playoffs just because there's one team that's still going, a team that's not even, you know, the playoff picture. So they're going to kind of do whoever can play beforehand without it. It's going to be super weird. Uh, you know, there's truly going to be meaningless games on at the same time as playoff games. So I don't know how many people are going to be watching those. Uh, it, it's an interesting concept, but you got to do what you got to do, I guess, through the NHL. If you really don't want to push back the season anymore than it already is. And the one thing that I find really weird is if you're on the NHL app, uh, I'm on that right now. You look on Saturday, May 15th, you see the Boston Bruins and the Washington Capitals. They have a playoff game at 7.15 p.m. while Vancouver and Edmonton play a regular season game at 3.30. But if you continue to scroll over, you see Sunday, there's Calgary-Vancouver. That's a regular season game. And then Monday, no games. Tuesday, Calgary-Vancouver again. Wednesday, Calgary-Vancouver. Both regular season games, but then the rest of the schedule is just blank. So I find it kind of weird that one playoff game has been scheduled, but the rest really haven't been. So it's it's kind of interesting to look at the app because you see playoffs start, but then you don't know where it's going from there because no other games have been scheduled, at least when it comes to the app. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's super weird. Like I, I'm with you there. Kind of makes no sense. I think they just kind of wanted to maybe – schedule that one to make it a point like all right this is when the playoffs are starting we're not starting any later than that is what it is hopefully everyone's ready to go I, I think it's really kind of all that is and then they'll figure out the rest as, as it comes along they obviously want to figure out you know the, the tv deals uh kind of figure out what, which teams they can put on you know the prime time channels uh during the first couple of rounds till they get to the point where they're only on prime time or like you know those big time ch- channel networks i should say so um, i'm sure it'll, it'll all be figured out here in the next couple of days um but well, you know, we'll see if it, if it's going to be the traditional, you know, like one game every other day or if they're playing like two and three, because, I mean, they might do something like that just to get it all in. Yeah, and I'm very excited for the full release because playoff hockey is 
phenomenal. And I talked about how the Rangers Capital Series, it's its really fueled the passion over here. Um, I've kind of lacked that over the last year, year and a half with COVID hitting and no fans being in the building. But when you just see some great hard-nosed hockey like we saw with the Caps and the Rangers, it, it gets you so excited. And when playoffs are coming too, it's just a great feeling. So uh, we're going to be talking more about the playoffs after the commercial break. But Chase, uh, we've had two games that we haven't talked about. And I don't feel like they're necessarily, uh, they don't necessarily need to be talked about. We'll go over, you know, what happened, the scores. Um, but we don't need to dive deep into them or anything. But we had two games against Florida. And we were hoping to take at least one of them so we could get home ice advantage. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. We dropped both of them. Uh, it, not really a huge deal. Yeah, I mean... It doesn't change too much. You know, not a lot of fans, if any, in the building, really. And it's not like you're leaving the state for the home or away travel. Like, it's all within the state. It makes very slight differences. So, it's whatever. You know, two games down, uh, we were just trying to get it out of those games as healthy as possible. Obviously, that didn't happen either. But, uh, you know, they're done, and it's just time to move on. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll be playing Florida in the the first round of the playoffs we talked about that last episode and um we continue to do that going forward we're going to be doing a whole preview on all of the playoffs in next episode because like i said there are uh there is a division where teams can still fluctuate on who they play so we'll talk about those 16 teams that have officially made playoffs after our quick commercial break coming up right now What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Sabreland uh, this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right. We got a lot coming up uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? How many times will I cry next year? Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more on Straight Up Sabres. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. All right. And we're back. Uh, Playoffs. We mentioned that we have all 16 teams finalized and the one division that can still fluctuate, which is messing up our want to predict playoff series right now uh, would be the West and the four teams that have clinched in the West. You got Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota and St. Louis. Colorado is really the the big mover here. They could either drop to three or even land at one. So um, they are the the reason that we are not able to make those predictions. But there's some really good teams here, Chase. I think both of us agreed that this would be the top four. However, I don't think you and I saw Minnesota being in such a hot, hotly contested race with Colorado and Vegas while St. Louis is the odd one out. Yeah, a little weird how that whole kind of division worked out this year. Uh, you know, Minnesota, they were entertaining hockey this year. Dollar Bill Carrillo comes in and has a fantastic rookie year and, you know, shows some great signs of life for that franchise going forward. And they still got games left. And, you know, they could easily jump into that second spot and 
good for them if they you know get to that spot it's, it's been a while since they've been a true you know enjoyable com- competitive team like who the hell knows it's 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 been like seriously like over a decade i feel like so yeah good for them really absolutely and st louis they won the stanley cup what is it two years ago now right Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I always get that mixed up with Washington, St. Louis, and uh, Tampa afterwards. Like, obviously, I know Tampa was the most recent, but with St. Louis and Washington, I just, you think back, man, Vegas was in the Stanley Cup three years ago? That seems like a long time ago, especially because it feels like Vegas just entered the league. But uh, anyways, St. Louis, being the bottom team, making it in, they had a negative goal differential, the only, nope, take that back. Montreal also had a negative goal differential. Not too big of a surprise, them being in the Canadian division. But uh, I find it kind of surprising how poor St. Louis was, but the division overall, pretty poor with the three California teams and Arizona as well. Yeah, St. Louis kind of struggled against the top competition this year and had kind of bad stints. But, you know, they were able to string together some closer uh, wins and you just do enough to really get into playoffs. I don't, I think they could play any of these three teams and they just don't look like they're good enough to, to beat any of them this year, I honestly would say. So, obviously, they're ahead of the other four teams, you know, Arizona, and then the three California teams. Not too difficult for them, but I really can't imagine them doing much damage going into the playoffs. For sure, and Chase, we'll take a look at the Central now. This is the division we talk about the most because Tampa is in the Central, and every single team we played this year in the Central as well, the four teams representing the Central, Carolina, Florida, Tampa, and Nashville. Uh, Chase, let's just go out on a limb here. I have no idea what you're going to say, but who do you think is the scariest team in the Central Division? The scariest team in the Central Division would probably not not like like, just go scariest team overall, not like scariest team for Tampa, but like scariest team overall in in the division making it out. So like kind of the most dangerous team is what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would probably have to be the team that got 36 wins with a 670 win percentage or point percentage this year without their star player lineup all season long and you know their other star player missing a good chunk of the season that are supposed both to be back for game one of playoffs i'd probably have to pick that team is is that the team that might have won the stanley cup last year there's a there's a slight chance i I have a hat that reflects that yeah (laughs) so obviously uh we're gonna be a little biased towards tampa so obviously tampa a big favorite, even though they get the third seed in the Central Division, they're a dominant team. And to get Stamkos and Kucherov back during the playoffs would be absolutely huge. Uh, but Chase, let me talk about the other three teams here. Which team do you think is the most dangerous to Tampa's chances of repeating? I, I would probably say Florida. I, I really like the way they geared up there at the deadline. They kind of had a surprise run this year, became a pretty good team. Obviously, Carolina finishes top of the division. Um, they kind of won by goalie by committee approach, and we've seen that in the past. That does not work in the playoffs. So they're going to have to choose a guy and really stick with him going forward. Um, so whoever they choose, let's see if they can handle it. I kind of got a feeling that it's it's going to fall apart for Carolina here in playoffs, but Florida's got a real chance uh, to be the team that comes out of this division, I would say, really, especially how they tooled up. I will say the one thing I'm super scared about is you look at Carolina and Florida, uh, Carolina winning the division. They're going to have home ice Florida. They're going to have home ice against us in the first series. Uh, They both have 20 wins at home and only dropped eight Carolina dropping five of those eight in overtime while Florida dropping three of those eight in overtime. Pretty damn good when it comes to the home record. So uh, those teams having that home ice advantage doesn't mean anything. 
like it, it could, but like I really don't count on it meaning too much this year. You know, like la- last year when it was in the bubble, it meant literally nothing. And then this year, you know, I, I kind of lean that it, it doesn't make a huge difference. Like I'm sure there's some advantage, you know, because ice is a little different and the boards are different from rink to rink. So you're a little more used to your own boards. So you kind of got that going for you. But I can't say it's just such a monumental advantage. Okay. Well, Chase, let's move on to the East. Uh, This is the division that we predicted to be the best overall, the most depth within a division. And I think outside of New Jersey and Buffalo, we were pretty spot on. I mean, New York was very competitive towards the end, and they even finished with a plus 20 goal differential. Uh, But the team's making it into the playoffs out of the East. You've got Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, and the Islanders. All teams that have a chance. All teams that I, I wouldn't say any of them are the favorite, but I, I think all of these teams could do some damage. The one team I'm most worried about is the Islanders because if they start to do some damage, that might be boring hockey. The Islanders just play a boring trap game. Yeah, it's incredibly boring hockey, but it's pretty effective. I mean, like Barry Trotz on a cup with with uh, Caps for a reason, playing that style of hockey. So like it it works. And, you know, if they execute that well, then, yeah, they, they could be a hard team to beat. But it's really kind of surprising here. Uh, you know, prior to the season starting, you had Pittsburgh just completely missing the playoffs. I had them as the fourth seed in this division, and they ended up taking the top spot. And they, they really kind of surprised after a horrible start. You know, they, their star players weren't performing. They, they really figured out, put it together. Um, so if, you know, if they have the right momentum and they look at this as like, all right, this is our last chance kind of run. Crosby and Malkin are getting old here. Chris Tang, he's getting old. I mean, this could be a team that really just leaves everything out of the table, nothing left to lose, and it could do some damage. Yeah, it, it was definitely a weird East, at least when it came to predictions, because I know that you and I both had the Rangers. We thought, you know, they were going to have a nice little step up. Um, I even saw people having the Flyers as their number one seed in the East. And obviously, with the downfall of their goaltending, that didn't happen. Uh, like you said, I didn't have Pittsburgh making it. It just it didn't seem like Pittsburgh was all there. The goaltending didn't seem great with Jari and DeSmith. Uh, Crosby and Ovechkin, or Crosby and Malkin, excuse me. Uh, they seem like they've kind of slowed down a bit, but Pittsburgh came out hot and did well. Um, Chase, I can't remember. Did you have Philly in your playoffs at all? Because I know a lot of people had them as a top two seed in the East. If I'm not mistaken, I said I had them just missing. I didn't have them in the playoffs, but I could be remembering wrong, but I, I don't think I did. Yeah, I, I feel like you didn't. So uh, good on you there. But let's move on to the North, the Canadian division. Uh, the four teams making it out of here, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg and Montreal. I feel like this outside of Montreal was pretty predictable. I think that both you and I had Calgary over Montreal. I could be wrong there, but I I really don't think any of these teams are true threats to anyone in other divisions outside of this North division. Yeah, you know, m- maybe Toronto can can do something once they get to the third round if, if they catch, you know, the right momentum, but I don't count on it too heavily. And yeah, I'm pretty sure we both had Montreal out of the playoffs. They had a good start this year. It all kind of fell apart. There was that, you know, a point people were saying, oh, is Montreal a powerhouse? It's like, no, 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 they're not. Shut shut the hell up. And it all came back down to earth and obviously uh, an underwhelming season, but they still get into the playoffs. I imagine Toronto's going to work them. I kind of got a feeling Edmonton's going to work Winnipeg as long as it all plays out the way, which it should. Um, and I, I just I just don't think it's going to be much competition because even once you get to the second round, I think Toronto will just work whoever they end up playing. 
I, I would love to see Toronto and Edmonton meet up in the second round, see Austin Matthews versus Connor McDavid, probably the best young American in the league right now. And the best young player in the league right now with Connor McDavid, uh, that could be a really good matchup. And you think that Toronto's going to do well against Edmonton? I, I know that um, Toronto has a much better team, deeper team on paper, but the McDavid and Dreisaitl factor, you can't really just toss that out the door, you know? No, you can't. But other than that, you know, it's really a whole lot of nothing. They, they, you know, they've had some decent defensive play as well as some horrible defensive play from some guys too. And then their depth is just kind of, Doing whatever, some guys finding some success, but not too much. And Toronto, they they've had some success neutralizing McDavid and Drysaddle before the season, so I I definitely don't think it's impossible for them to do that going forward. Question, Chase: Is it bad if I'm rooting terribly hard against Edmonton just because I want to see Kyle Connor and Connor Hellebuck get into the next round? No, I mean root for whoever the hell you want. I don't I don't care. I mean, I got, I want our, our hometown kids to go and have success. Uh, of course, I, you know I'd love to see him win a Stanley Cup, but. I would love to see Tampa win that first, um, but yeah, you, you, you know, I can't like fault you there. I'm going to be supporting Winnipeg. I, I hope they can do some damage, but I just don't think it's happening. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, we will be doing official playoff predictions on next episode once the West gets a little bit more figured out. But Chase, for now, we're going to move on to some league news, and I think we got to start off with a Reed Duke situation. If you know the name Reed Duke, that's because he made history. He was the first ever player on the Vegas Golden Knights. And Seattle, they have their first ever player. Yeah, that, that is right. It is Mr. Luke Henman out of the QMJHL. So uh, if, if I'm doubting anybody really knows this guy's name too much. But he was a 2018 fourth round pick by Carolina. So kind of like Reed Duke, you know, a draftee who was not signed by his team. Uh, Henman, he, he capped the... Blaineville boy French Armada uh, team. I, I I I don't bother with French cities, dude. They're just impossible. Um, but yeah, so yeah, he played. For, he, he captained the Armada for the last two seasons in the queue. And you know, he, he's a solid player. He's nothing incredible. I don't really expect him to ever be an NHL guy. But you know, they they get their first player in. Uh, maybe they'll do something funny that like with Reed Duke when he was just playing soccer at the rink by himself. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to see some, them do something like that. But I guess we're gonna see going forward. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate that Reed Duke really hasn't been a real player for the Vegas Golden Knights because first ever player sign that's that's really cool, especially if you were able to get in some game action. So unfortunate there. Uh, I feel like it's probably going to be the same thing with Luke Henman here. However, like you said, he has been captain for two seasons. That's great to bring into the organization, bring in a leader. Uh, he's put up over a point per game in the queue for the past two seasons. So who knows? Maybe he can surprise at some point. But uh, I think overall, we should take it as a positive. Congratulations to Luke Henman because that's awesome. That's a huge deal to be the first ever player for a new franchise. Oh, yeah, for sure. Good for him. It's super cool. And it's super cool to go on Elite Prospects and see NHL rights with Seattle Kraken and just under, under this dude's profile. So, uh, you know, cool. Good on him. Uh, hopefully he can, you know, keep that contract, keep the jersey he gets and just kind of keep it as, you know, a namesake. I'm sure he'll go into either some team Hall of Fame or something as being the first player signed. So his, his name will always be cemented with this team. Absolutely. Well, Chase, we're going to move on to some coach talk now. Um, we've got a, a couple coaches to mention. We've got David Quinn from the Rangers, Rick Tockett from the Coyotes, and John Tortorella from Columbus, 
all moving on. However, some are in different fashions of moving on. Yep. So we'll start Dave Quinn. Uh, he was fired by the Rangers. Kind of surprising, kind of not at the same time. You know, um, th- th- this team is trending upwards, that's for sure. And I think they did a pretty good job this year with, with the roster and the talent that they had. I um, mean, they struggled for a little bit. But, like, you know, once Mika started figuring it out and Panarin played a little better, the young kids stepped up. Adam Fox played great this year. It was all starting to come together, and there's a lot to hope for next season. Um, it, I I think this is going to be a pretty coveted job for the coaching market. You know, whoever's out there, they're, they're really going to want this job. And David Quinn, I bet he gets a chance somewhere else, too. But moving on, Rick Tockett, you know, steps away from the Coyotes. And Tortorella and Columbus, they both part ways as well. Kind of a similar situation here. Uh, you know, a, a mutual parting. Uh, Rick Tocca in Arizona, they're four years, I want to say, and just kind of part their ways and then towards the same situation. Uh, you know, these teams are in kind of awkward spots, so they're going to you know, try to find their new coach to maybe take these teams to relevance like they've never been. Chase, are you surprised at all with the Rangers complete overhaul of their front office, including, you know, coach, GM, uh, president and player personnel? Yeah, man, they did. They did a good job putting together this team. Um you know, they found some good talent. They were able to recruit some good talent. Adam Fox was kind of a, a recruitment guy instead of like an actual just, you know, draft pick or identifying talent. You know, he was clearly a talented guy, but obviously wanted to play for the Rangers. So that just happened to work out. But, you know, they still made good moves. Uh, they end up getting some good draft picks and they, they've turned some young players into some real good assets. I, I thought that they'd kind of be given a chance to hold on, but obviously not the case. Uh, you know, the front office staff was, was fired probably because of that like press release thing. Something dealing with that. You know, them saying that they disagreed with it. New York says that, no, it's not true, but it, it probably has something to deal with that. And then, you know, you, you get a new management staff and they're going to want to bring in their own coach. So it all just kind of falls apart together. And it's kind of a shame. Yeah, for sure. And Chase, I got to talk about uh, you mentioned Adam Fox. How salty is Calgary right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're punched in the air big time. They're, they're not happy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's super tough to have one of your draft picks become what we think is a Norris favorite, and we may even talk to talk about him here um, when it comes to season awards. But Chase, moving on, Jack Eichel news. Uh, we talked about it in the beginning of the show how there's some new stuff coming out around it, and Jack Eichel he's had some frustration. He said that there's a disconnect with him in the front office. Yeah, I mean they're clearly not seeing eye to eye. You know, he aired out some stuff saying he's kind of happy with the treatment he got, uh, the way that they're treating his injury. Uh, he wanted to have the surgery done that no NHL players ever had. The team told him no. I don't know what the surgery is. I don't know medical terms or anything like that at all. But uh, they didn't want him to do that, and he's not happy about that. He wants the treatment that he thinks will help him get the healthiest. And, you know, you got to understand that. You know, it's this guy's life, his body, and he wants to do what he wants with it. But the team's just kind of holding him back from that. So I understand that frustration. Um, he, he's definitely just done with the team. We're, we're going to 100% see him somewhere else next season. Just who the hell knows where. I'm excited. Because Jack Eichel, I mean, he's been linked to Buffalo forever, obviously. And he even had that video where he goes, Buffalo, I'm coming for you. And uh, he comes to Buffalo and it just doesn't work out. So very excited to see where he goes. He's still a top, what, 15 player, maybe even top 10 player in the world. So very excited to see where he goes. I saw that I think the highest odds right now is the Rangers. Yeah, that, that's what I've always seen, like, linked on Twitter and stuff, and that would be that, that would be crazy. I don't know what they'd have to give up for that, but that would be crazy. It'd be stupid, because the Rangers already have one of the brightest futures in the league. Uh, I think it was John, it might have been Giuseppe, someone asked me, 
okay, in the next five years, who do you think has the brightest future when it comes to hockey? And I said, well, I think you got to talk about Colorado and New York in the same light. So many good young prospects. They already have a lot of good players in their prime, like Panarin, like McKinnon, like Zabinajad, Landis Cog, Rantanen, you know, so many. So to see a Jack Eichel go to the Rangers as well, that'd be scary. Yeah, it, it definitely would. It'd make for some fun hockey, though, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, Chase, let's move to season awards. We're going to go over uh, five of them, the Hart, the Calder, the Norris, the Vesna, and the Jack Adams. So, Chase, let's start with the Hart. I think this one's pretty obviously Sam Reinhart. Yeah, Sam Reinhart, the legend himself out of Buffalo, had, had a great season, put up 6,000 points. Now, I I mean, if you like, if you owe anyone to Connor McDavid, it's – Kind of, you know, kind of hard pressed. Um, to, I I wouldn't be able to buy it. You know, but based on how this award goes, how this voting goes, it's to the you know, it's it's to the MVP of the league. But it's really just it's really about the best player in the league for the season. And I mean, Connor McDavid is just clearly that. Absolutely, Connor McDavid. Uh, if you're wondering why I said Sam Reinhart, I couldn't think of a player. I was just trying to like bring one up quickly, and he was the first one that came to mind. So that is why. Well, Chase, Random. let's move to the James Norris. Um, I got to go, Adam Fox here. But, uh, well, you're going to go Adam Fox, right? Uh, maybe, 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 yeah. Okay, so I I feel like Adam Fox has really started to get the nod more recently. He's really picked up his play, um, and that's awesome. But I think there is reason to think it's someone outside of Adam Fox because when I think about last year, John Carlson was absurd when it came to scoring. He was the highest scoring defenseman. I thought Victor Hedman was the best defenseman overall last year, but Roman Yossi won it. So who knows? Maybe Victor Hedman gets a Norris this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it's impossible. And then another name worth mentioning too, Kale McCarr, you know, 43 points to 42 games when he was healthy, played well. Uh, so I think those three names are going to be the prominent names in the race. Um, it, it wouldn't doubt, I wouldn't doubt at all if Hedman got the nod because like, he is literally the best defenseman in the league. But Adam Fox just had you know, this breakout year where he played as the best defenseman in the league. So I think he's completely deserving. And if I had a vote, he would get my vote. For sure. Well, Chase, the Calder Trophy next. Uh, I feel like it's a two-man race. However, one has run away with it for me. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, you got to go with Kirill uh, Kaprizov. I mean, you can't really go any other way. Like You, you can say Jason Robertson has had a fantastic end of the season, sure. But when in terms of, you know, the, the point scoring, Kaprasov leads the league in rookie points. He also looked like the most dominant player on the ice. So it's going to be those two and somebody else is a finalist, but it's really going to be those two and Kaprasov will win it. For sure. And then Vesna, I I got to go with Vasilevsky here. I mean, Vasilevsky had, what was it, a 15 or 16 game win streak, start win streak? Uh, I think it was only 12. Oh, but okay. regardless, regardless, it's still still pretty decent. Uh, and yeah, it's I, I would probably say Vasilevsky is my number one vote. But I think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to get a lot of votes, too, because, you know, he had an, an incredible season. He doesn't, you know, get a, a ton of talking about for every reason. But his goals against average, you know, that's obviously not like a major goalie stat, but it still is, uh, you know, a 204 with a 927 save percentage. You know, those are great numbers with 35 wins um, or th- 25 wins, excuse me, with 35 games started. So. He, you know, he, play, he played really well this year, and you, you got to give him credit where credit's due. Um, I would not be surprised at all if he were to win it. I agree, Chase. Math has been phenomenal this year, and it's nice to see that again because last year he had his struggles. They brought in Robin Lehner. Um, this year he gets back on top, and I even saw 
I don't remember if it was a Twitter post or if it was an article, but someone came out and said, Marc-Andre Fleury is the best player to come out of the 2003 draft class. That's saying something because the 2003 draft class is absolutely loaded with all-stars and future Hall of Famers. Yeah, the amount of NHL talent out of that draft is crazy. Uh, I I wanted to look down and really evaluate it and see if I felt the same way. I didn't get a chance to do that, so I, I still want to do that. I could, you know, just from, from the outside looking in, I could definitely see the argument because, like, you know, he's been a very good goalie in the league, and especially, you know, this kind of renaissance coming here in Vegas, he's just played phenomenal yet again. So I could really see that argument. And finally, Chase, we move on to the Jack Adams, and this is best coach of the year, in case you were unaware. Uh, I, I feel like the two headline names are out of the Central Division, our division. However, it does not include John Cooper. No, it does not. Uh, so those two names that you're thinking of would be Rod Brindamore and Joel Quinville. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, you know that, that's fair. Those are two very good, very obvious options. You know, Rod Brindamore is, is a guy that I think is going to get some votes. But another guy I think is going to get a good amount of votes that you did not mention here is Dean Evison, the head coach of the Minnesota Wild. I mean, Minnesota had a fantastic year. They, they found their way into the playoffs after being such an abysmal team. And Dean Evison definitely had a part of, part of it. You know, this team is fun again. They're, they're playing modern-day hockey. They're not playing this boring defensive style. They're just, they're you know, they're really getting in there, and they're really showcasing their skill. Obviously, that has to deal with some of the players that are on the team as well. But coaching plays a big part of that. So it's hard for me not to at least mention them. So who would you pick right now if you were if you had a vote? Who would you pick for the Jack Adams? I'd probably say Rod Brindamore. Uh, I mean, the fact that he was able to take this Carolina team that is just you know kind of misshapen and like they've got a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong, but the goaltending is obviously looked at or looked down upon pretty hard coming into the season. And they can win this division with the reigning Stanley Cup champions in it, and also you know the reigning Stanley Cup loser in it too. Obviously, didn't have as good of a season. But there was a lot of teams to beat here, and they ended up taking it all. Yeah, Brendan Moore, awesome pick. I think I might have to go Quenville just because when I look at on-paper talent, I feel like Carolina's got a little bit more. Uh, not in the goaltending department. Well, it could be with how bad Bobrovsky's been. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like those would be my top two votes. Um, however, I think that I'd have to give mine to the coach. And where do they play in Florida? Like Sunshine, Florida or something? Sunrise. Sunrise, Florida. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Joe Quenville there. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see. I, I, I don't have any issue with that. All right, Chase. Well, let's move on to hockey name of the day. Uh, as I'm scrolling down here, next week, we are next Monday, that is, we are going to be doing our playoff predictions. So make sure you come on by for that one. It's going to be a good episode. But Chase, hockey name of the day here, we have Semyon. Um, okay. Afanasievsky. Semyon, Semyon Afanasievsky. Jeez, I'm laughing. Sorry. Semyon Afanasievsky. Yeah. Just the way you said it was so just like, yeah, this doesn't sound right, but it is right. So Semyon Afanasievsky. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not bad at all. Our boy, Semyon, he is a 24-year-old Russian forward, you know, kind of playing in, in the VHL right now. Not very good. You know, another VHL guy. There's one in the last episode, and here we are again. Uh, you know, nothing too special. A 6'2", just under 200 pounds. He'll be in, in the VHL the rest of his career, maybe make some KHL appearances, you know, played a little bit as a, as a younger player, played in the U18s for Canada back in the day, played in the Super Series as well over here for the U20s, but that's probably about all he's going to have for international play going forward. 
but it is a cool name. We talked about how I just absolutely love Russian names, so a nice one here as well. Afanasievsky, um, pretty fun to say, but that's going to do it for the episode, Chase. If you could leave them with an outro, that would be so glorious. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it. It's not just us, but the whole network. You'd be supporting and getting some more exclusive content, so make sure to check that out. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Apple's Broadcast, so does Apple's Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. And while you're at it, you can follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. At Bulls Broadcast, you're going to get our Tampa Lightning talk, uh, you know, some general hockey talk as well. At the Hockey Podcast Network, you know, you're, you're going to get the news from within the network and you get some team content, some original content. So make sure you check that stuff out. The WNP, you know, we're taking a little break right now, as mentioned before, but we're going to get a lot of football talk there. Maybe we'll do some hockey stuff coming up too with the football offseason, you know, being a full swing at the moment. But we'll kind of see how, how it plays out. But regardless, check out HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. And don't forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.